It's Sunday morning. Time for the Great Outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. Thank you for being with me this morning. I'm going to take you north to Manitoba for a couple reasons. One that I had planned on, and the other that I had not. I'm going to start with the one that I had not. As you may be familiar or may remember, I've had a long time great liking for the province of Manitoba and have been going there for 42 years with an interruption by COVID, otherwise 42 years. And recently, I was made aware that the province of Manitoba is proposing changing access by American duck and goose hunters and also changing upland hunting through licenses but changing access by American duck and goose hunters to limit the access of Americans going to Manitoba to hunt. So I thought I would start by telling you this morning why, not only on a personal level, but also on a philosophical level, this is a really bad idea, and it really has very little to do, in fact, this has nothing to do with science. Maybe it has a little to do with social science, but nothing to do with science. So, Going back to settlement, basically, Americans have been going to Canada, particularly people from Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, have been going to Manitoba to hunt waterfowl. And it was legendary for titans of industry to do so. Founder of General Mills, James Ford Bell, he went to the Delta Marsh and he set up what is today the Delta Waterfowl and Wetlands Research Station, which, of course, is the Delta Waterfowl Foundation. And he purchased property through the Canadian government and he built a lodge and he created one of the great hunting places in the world, bringing Americans to hunt in Manitoba. All over southern Manitoba, there is the influence of Americans through hunting. Up in Lake Winnipegosis, the Hams Brewery was there. The Schlitz Brewery was there. Gaylord was there with Ingersoll Milling Machine and the famed Waterhen Club up at the north end of Lake Winnipegosis on its way, the Waterhen River on its way up to Waterhen, which today remains an iconic place for leaders in the United States and Canada many of them leading conservationists to go hunting. Hunters have been going for a long time. Interestingly, the number of hunters in Canada, in Manitoba, resident Manitoba hunters, has plummeted. And when I say plummeted, it's down by something like 85%. So they only have about 15% of the hunters, resident hunters in Manitoba, that they had 45 years ago, 50 years ago. 15%. And non-resident hunters, Americans, aliens as they call us, have remained relatively constant. And you're going to be surprised at this number. There are only about 3,600 Americans on an annual basis that go to hunt in Manitoba. Now, there are 
in, in a state like Arkansas, I mean, we, we're talking six, we're talking six figures number of duck hunters in some states in America. Minnesota, 60,000. Wisconsin in the mid 55, 60,000. Illinois in that level. On, on, a, on a landscape that is a fraction the size of hunting in Manitoba. Habitat available. And to drive across the Canadian border and be able to go wherever, wherever you want to go has, just, has been a great privilege. But it's also been something we've been doing for a long time. And out of nowhere, and I mean nowhere, the Canadian government or the Manitoba government has now decided that they don't want Americans coming into Manitoba unrestricted. Instead, they would like to go to a lottery system to reduce the number of Americans coming to Manitoba. Now, mind you, there are 3,600 of us. That's it. 3,600 American duck and goose hunters coming to a, a province that has hunting opportunity from the border to Hudson Bay. It's not like we're crowding people out. And Canadians... They're only 15% of the hunters there were 50 years ago. So what's going on here? Why? What's going on here is what is happening across America and also across Saskatchewan and Alberta and certainly Manitoba is the outfitting guiding business is transforming hunting landscapes through the leasing of land. For, for decades, I've hunted in southern Saskatchewan. Most of that land is now leased not least by Americans, not least by Canadians, least by outfitters who then have hunters come and hunt with them. And that's what's happening in southern Manitoba. There are not too many hunters. Outfitters are crowding everybody out and especially crowding out Canadians from Winnipeg who want to go on a weekend hunt and hunt in a barley field or a pea field or whatever, and they arrive to hunt. And they're told by the landowner, I'm sorry, this is leased. Well, who's it leased to? There are 60 outfitters. These numbers seem so, so small, it's unbelievable. There are 60 active outfitters in all of Manitoba. Those 60 active outfitters handle about 1,200 American duck hunters a year. But those 60 outfitters are leasing up the land making it so that Canadians can't go hunting, and Americans, unless they are using that outfitter, can't go hunting either. Landowners certainly have the right to make money on their land. It is free enterprise, after all. And if their land is valuable, in this case for waterfowl hunting, why would you begrudge them from leasing their land to somebody, an outfitter in this case, so that they can make some extra money? I, I certainly don't. But what's happened is the landscape has changed, and Americans are about to be penalized for something that they didn't cause. The outfitting industry has grown up, as it has everywhere, whether you live in Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, it doesn't matter, Vancouver, Chicago, you can name every single city. You now, by and large, need an outfitter to go hunting, because you don't have a dog, you don't have a lot of time, and you want to go hunting for a few days, and you want to fly to Winnipeg, and you want to shoot Canada geese up at Oak Hammock, or you want to shoot mallards out in Minnedosa, or you want to shoot birds down in Whitewater. You, you don't have time to, nor the knowledge, nor the know-how, 
to get on a plane, fly to Winnipeg, rent a car, or, as has been happening for generations, leave Wisconsin, leave Minnesota, leave Illinois, and drive up and spend a week bouncing around in your truck looking for birds and hunting. People just are not doing that anymore because we've become such an urbanized society. So the outfitting business has become virtually the only way for an awful lot of people to go hunting, whether it's pheasant hunting in South Dakota or whether it's duck and goose hunting in Manitoba. Or it used to be goose hunting in Southern Illinois. So it's the outfitters that are causing this conflict between landowners and people who want to go hunting. But we, the Americans, are being blamed for this. How about if the Manitoba government stepped back and said, we have a problem with our outfitting industry that is tying up land, often that they never use, in the event they want to take their clients there. Why should an outfitter cause the Canadians that want to go hunting and the 2,400 Americans a year who go to Manitoba who do not use an outfitter, why should we cause those 2,400 Americans to suddenly go into a lottery system with a chance to maybe go hunting in Manitoba? That's what's going on, and it's a conversation that's way deeper than we have time for in the first part of the show today, but I'm going to come back to it over the coming months. This decision is going to be made sometime next spring. And I know many of you listening to this show have hunted in Manitoba, love Manitoba. You may go there annually. You may go there every three or four years. You are going to be penalized by a system that suddenly is going to reward outfitters who, and by the way, if you go with an outfitter, are you really hunting? You don't have to find the birds. You don't have to get permission to hunt on the land. You don't have to know how to set up the blind. You don't have to know how to set up the decoys. All you do is show up in the dark, get handed a shotgun, told to sit down, sit under a bunch of brush, and when a bunch of birds come in, you're told, shoot, is that hunting? That's a totally different question. I would offer that what we need to do, what Manitoba needs to do, is to take a hard look at, at, at who really is having an impact on the ability to go hunting in Manitoba. It is not the freelancing Americans, the 2,500 of us a year that that drive around Manitoba hoping to shoot a duck or a goose. No, it's the professionals. And the professionalization of waterfowl hunting is going to be the ruination of waterfowl hunting, not only in Manitoba, but across across all of North America. And another show I'll talk to you about, the other examples that have taken place. But this is what's going on now. I think it's really a tipping point, and hopefully it's not the end of the ability of people to drive across the border to Canada and go hunting without entering into a lottery or having to hire an outfitter who will assure you having a permit. I'll be back with much more on the Great Outdoors show in just a moment. And by the way, if you think that you agree with me, contact the Manitoba government and just say, maybe there's a better way to do this than just penalizing Americans. I'll be back in just a moment. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. And first, a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. 
When sunrise is your alarm clock, life is different. You eat a ditch for breakfast. Love the smell of diesel in the morning with a hot cup of joe. The weather report is 40% chance of mud. And corporate pull, that's 36,000 pounds of towing capacity with a gooseneck trailer. Mudden is PTO. You know sometimes when the paved road ends, the fun begins. Chevy Silverado 3500 HD is waiting to run over something, anything. No road, no problem, because the best way out is always through. A trouble rides a swift horse, and you don't want trouble pulling a backhoe loader. Chevy Silverado HD is a wake-up call. Now, during Chevy truck season, get a $1,000 accessory allowance toward the purchase of a new truck with accessories. You worked hard for your money. Spend it smart. So see your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer today or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for all the details. Chevy Silverado HD. Power up and experience life in HD. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host. I'm going to take you from Manitoba to about as far away from Illinois as you can go, Nepal. A a tragic story which uh, happened uh, on Thursday of this week, and that is U.S. ski mountaineer Hillary Nelson uh, died skiing. I don't usually talk about skiing on this show, but this is the great outdoors show. Hillary Nelson was arguably the most adventuresome lady to ever tried to tackle the great outdoors. And I had the pleasure of meeting her a year ago. I went to a small uh, program that she hosted when she talked about her life climbing the world's most daunting peaks and skiing down them. And after her talk, I spent a number of minutes with her and suggested that she would be a phenomenal interview for the Great Outdoors show. As fate unfortunately would have it, her schedule didn't allow for her to be in a place when I wanted to do it over a period of months, um, and now she's perished. She is simply an iconic individual. Uh, for what she did, and she um, was trying to ski. She was trying to ski down from the summit of Nepal's Mount Manaslu, which is the world's highest, eighth highest mountain. Now, now this is this is something to think about. Hillary Nelson didn't just hike. She skied down these mountains, and the videos that I've seen of her and that she showed that night uh, nine months ago uh, left you just in, you, you, can't, you can't even believe it that she, that she could do this. And as she was talking that evening about the number of times she stared death in the eye, her son was sitting there, and she has, not young, but she's got early teenage children. And I'm thinking, this is unbelievable. Every time she goes on a trip, she's risking her life and never seeing her family again. And she did this because it's what she she does. It's what she's done for the past almost 30 years. 
be the most extreme mountaineer skier uh, ever, perhaps ever. I, I would say forever. Um, she was skiing down, and she apparently lost her balance and fell. And we'll know details more soon. But um, she fell badly. And, and we're not talking about skiing down things that you and I might consider skiing down. We were talking about skiing down the faces of, of, of vertical drops that are as close to 90 degrees as there can be, and places where nobody in humanity has ever, ever tried to ski down before. That's what Hillary Nelson did. And, and she, she indeed has inspired so many women to, and men, particularly women, though, to, to become mountaineering, mountain, climb, mountain climbing, skiing. Um, she's made more than 40 expeditions around the world to the most difficult places to access. She became the first woman known to have climbed the world's highest peak at Everett, and also uh, it's, its second peak next to it, Latose, and she climbed these within 24 hours of each other. Um, she's explored all over the world, so it's, a, it's just a tragedy. But when you do the things that Hillary Nelson did, while they certainly are inspiring, they also are fraught with, with danger. And the adrenaline rush and the thrill of climbing the world's most difficult mountains only to ski down from the top is, is beyond imagination. But this very brave and very talented individual um, unfortunately perished. I do wish I'd had her on the Great Outdoors show. It would have been a fantastic interview. So while I only met her once nine months ago, I, um, I feel that we, we have indeed lost someone who pushed the limits with everything they did and was an inspiration to, to a generation of people. So Hillary Nelson um, is no longer going to be skiing down the world's most difficult mountains. Uh, where there are no ski runs, where she just climbed up and skied down. Thank you for listening. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago in America, 720 WGN. I'll be back with much more on the great outdoors next week. Thanks so much.